listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Brea Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode... Hey, we're in person again. This is the Whoa, first time it's we're... it's me. It's Mallory. It's Sean. <laughs> we're all here together. Who knew? First time um, in a year and a half we're recording the show in person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in this episode, in person, we're talking about reading habits, uh, the upcoming print book shortage. Get ready to hear about that. And we're interviewing writer, book enthusiast, and host of the What Should I Read Next podcast, Ann Bogle. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book that everyone was talking about. So I was Big like, I gotta book. read this book. Um, I feel like I don't even need to talk about it because so many people read, read it. Uh, it's uh, My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. It is the big, buzzy horror book of the season. Yeah, I read it in September. Maybe that was a mistake. I don't know. But um, it is great. It's great for horror fans. It's great for non-horror fans. Um, it is... Um, about did you already talk about it on the show? I put Should it in our newsletter. Quick recap. Oh yeah, okay. But it's definitely um, like a. I said it was. It's a must read for slasher fans, and I think you would if you were if you love Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. Michael Myers, mm-hmm. all those folks. You got to read this book. We were also talking about how it pairs perfectly with. Final Girls support group? Yeah, I actually think the two of them did events because they were so like, oh my god, this is oh, really. We were, we were on the same wavelength, <laughs> which I like. Yes. Um, so it's about a um a girl who is half Indian and she is um, obsessed with with slashers, specifically slashers. And she's basically convinced that um, a, a slasher weekend is going to happen in her town. And she mm-hmm. identifies this one girl as the final girl. And she's like, kind, she, she's trying to kind of get ahead of it and trying to help the people in her town out. But she's like this super outcast, like can't graduate from high school kind of person um, in this town that's becoming... Uh, very quickly gentrified and uh, there's this like old camp that even got bought and is being turned into like these rich people uh, houses and stuff and it's basically this girl's journey trying to convince people that something bad is going to happen because she keeps seeing signs she's like I know that from a slasher movie I know that from a slasher movie I know that and she's like this is the movie we're in y'all and like no one is listening to her but it is if you are a um, slasher fan definitely worth reading you liked it too oh yeah absolutely and it's it's Big buzzy book. Big buzzy book. Triple what bees. What are you reading, Uh I am reading a book that I've been waiting forever from the library, and the audiobook finally came in on Libby. It is Ola Poppy by John Paul Brammer, uh, and it is a sort of memoir, sort of essay book. Um, John Paul Brammer has a advice column, sort of like a gay advice column where people write in, and he, he gives them advice, but they're all in the form of these, like, really beautiful personal essays. Hmm. Um, and they're, it's absolutely, he's very, very funny. So if you're like a fan of Patricia Lockwood, Samantha Irby, mm. this is actually, this is probably going to be the book that I recommend if people are like, I've listened to or read all of Samantha Irby's books. I need something else. Um, it's amazing. There's essays about like, uh, he, he has one where he talks about growing up in Oklahoma and how he didn't feel Mexican enough, um, uh, because he is, uh, Mexican American. And there's a whole essay about how he came out in a Walmart parking lot. And like, <laughs> it's really, really funny, but really, really beautiful. Um, he's just one of those writers that while making you laugh, you realize that he's, it's such a beautiful, just absolutely well-written, incredible book. And I'm so happy that I waited for the audiobook because he reads it and it's just, awesome it's one it's a great audiobook to like just like have on um and listen to like a little bit each day which is what i've been doing um sean 
What are you reading? Sean says no. Sean's shaking. You have head. to at least say something. This is the first time we've been together, all three of us in the same room in like a year and a half. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on. Wait, Great. get, get Bria. Hi. Uh, that's, that's enough. That's <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Sean is here. So I am reading Ola Poppy by John Paul Brammer. And I'm reading My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Linda wrote in about ISBN numbers. I wanted to share a couple of tidbits about ISBNs that you I- You say that word so fast, ISBN, it sounds like you're saying ISBN. ISBN. ISBN numbers. <laughs> the number of ISBN numbers. The number of ISBNs. <laughs> the number of old refrigerators. Um, <laughs> Linda wants to share a couple tidbits about ISBNs that I learned from my time working in publishing. First, Bria asked if the ISBN prefix being 978 and 979 means that once we hit 999, we'll have to make ISBNs longer. But 978 is the first prefix used when ISBNs changed from 10 digits to 13. Don't ask me why they didn't start with 001. Maybe they really did pick Mallory's hometown area code. <laughs> so once we hit 999, we'll still have 977 numbers that can be used as prefixes oh. before ISBNs need to get longer. Very interesting why that they started they with 978. Start I wonder if it's somebody in Massachusetts. Second, publishers usually buy a block of numbers from Boker at a time and assign them as books get added to their catalog. I still remember the beginning of the ISBNs we used at my company, even though I haven't worked there in three years because we had thousands of books that started with the same nine digits. I typed those numbers into our tracking system so many goddamn times that they'll be stuck in my brain forever. P.S. Thanks for sharing Sarah Gailey's bare naked ladies joke on the show. I laughed so hard that the person ahead of me at the Starbucks drive-thru turned around to see if I was okay. It's pretty good. It's a good joke. Yeah. Um, Sarah, a lovely Sarah, wrote in about <laughs> counting children's books in your yearly book total. You might remember this was, um, a, uh, I think, a teacher glasser. Teacher glasser. Wrote in and said that um, uh, she reads the same book over and over again to her kids, and how does she count this? So a Sarah wrote in and said, I, too, am a teacher glasser named Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we have such a specific audience. <laughs> By the way, we have to talk about y'all. We need y'all to take the ad survey. And if you could somehow include that you're all of your names are Sarah's oh and you're God. all teachers, that would be great. What if we got Sarah specific <laughs> advertising for the show? <laughs> All right, Sarah wrote in, I too am a teacher glasser, and I have also wondered how to count the smaller things I read over and over, but mostly all the fan fiction, to be honest. And so I made the ugliest and dirtiest Google sheet. Fanfic, what made it dirty? Uh, Fanfic length is given in word count, and Kobo's website gives you an estimated word count for books. So I just have a column for the title, a column for type, picture, book, a novel, fanfic, etc. A column for word count, a column for number of times read, and then I have a sum at the bottom. Easy. I will also count the things that I started but didn't finish because it's simple math, a simple math problem to find the fractions of, because you're a teacher. It's a simple math problem <laughs> to find the fractions of pages. Wait, wait from a the humble whole brag, Sarah. <laughs> from the whole book you read. Then take the same fraction from the word count. Uh, I find it to be much more precise, a much more precise picture of how I'm reading in a year, uh, how much I'm reading in a year. Hope this helps. I think that's very helpful. Fancy. I mean, 
You may have to share that that uh, spreadsheet. Yeah, this is all gobbledy- gobbledygook for, to me. I have math. Well, you know, it's a spreadsheadsheet with like the. No, I know, but just like the. Uh, uh, as soon as my eyes start as glazing as over, as soon as I see the word fraction, my eyes glaze yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, maybe you got to share this Google. This is a yeah. template for people. Yeah. Sarah. I don't well, know. The funny that we all have another uh, teacher glasser who wrote in. Uh, Sam wrote in about the same problem saying, Hi, I'm writing in response to teacher glasser Sarah's issues of counting the books she rereads for her class. Not sure if. If she keeps a spreadsheet like I do, but on mine, I color code books that I'm rereading and then have two totals on the bottom. One of total books I read counting rereads and one of unique books I read. That way, all the reading I did still counts, but then, but, but I can see how much other reading I did. Wow. Okay. So, so same thing. Similar, similar idea. We should have known that other Sarahs were going to be thinking gonna deeply be about this. spreadsheeting, making <laughs> complicated spreadsheets with like, oh, you know when you do spreadsheets and you can do like... Uh, it does like a math equation uh-huh. in the spreadsheet. Yeah, it's extremely fancy. Yeah, it really is. Where it's like you add up these cells. I can do it, but it like I, every time I'm like, how do you do this? My again? coach does that. When oh, I put wow. in how much weight I can lift, it, can, it says like. Wow. It's like it tells you more information somehow. It's uh, it's magic to me. Wow. Great. Um, so couple bookmarks. First, that ad survey. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so bookmark from us. We have an ad survey going on. Oh, Maximum Fun has an ad survey going on. Um, that is, it, it will only take you five minutes, um, and it would be really, really helpful for us and for Maximum Fun. Um, it basically, it's a survey to make sure that the ads that we're running on Reading Glasses and that they're running on Maximum Fun are relevant to you, a.k.a. Sarah's. Uh, so all you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. That's ad with A-D- S-U-R-V-E-Y to fill it out. Take you five minutes. Everyone knows, everyone loves filling out surveys. Maybe you're- Also, we're not saying it's required for Sarah's, but- it's pretty required for, if we sell you if it's required, will you go do it? Please go do it. it. I just think it would be incredibly funny if we get an email from Maximum Fun and they're like, we got 5,000 emails from some, <laughs> from, from 5,000 people named Sarah. Who are teachers. Who are all teachers <laughs> and love spreadsheets for some reason. Um, but yeah, if you are, maybe you're taking a break at work. Maybe you're going to the bathroom and peeing and you're looking for something to do. Five minutes to fill out MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. And it would be really helpful. And it, again, will help more help us get ads that are more relevant so more reading stuff more chocolate stuff mm-hmm. more dog and cat Tell stuff what you like and we'll try to get those people sponsoring yes. us because we're doing great with the sponsors it's all help to y'all because we want you to actually hear about things that you care about yes all right so you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes before we talk about reading habits we're going to take a quick break when you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. Maybe you need to find a bathroom. Maybe you need to find the bookstore. Maybe you need to find the right train. There was a time where I was in Paris and trying to take the train to down to England, that big train. What do they call it? The channel. <laughs> Because it goes a bit a big tunnel, um, and I was panicking because I hate being late everywhere. But it was very hard because I don't speak French. Yeah, that is that is hard. You know what would have helped me though if you were going north instead of south? Because you're saying down there, you're in oh, France. You're right. You were trying to go north. Gosh, I hope you didn't go south. I eventually made my way. I got to where I needed to go. What would have helped, Mallory? 
Babbel, which is the number one selling language learning app. So through Babbel's bite-sized lessons, you'll learn new language skills that you can actually use in the real world, possibly to catch a train to a different country. (laughs) Yeah, French would be a really helpful one. I don't know much French, but anytime I get to work on my Spanish, I find it to be extremely helpful. Yeah. Because all those things that you learned a long time ago, they come back when you start to take these classes again. Mm-hmm. Most of us took some sort of language class in high school. Um, and But Babbel really helps you to revisit those things that you learned back then and and remember them and become better at them. Yeah, I also chose Spanish because, you know, we're in America and there's a lot of Spanish speakers here. And what's cool is Babbel's, the lessons are like, fift- take you 15 minutes. Uh, so it's the perfect way to ne- learn a new language. Every it, it always feels like, oh, it's like such a huge deal. I'm not going to have time to learn a new language. But we all spend at least 15 minutes on Twitter or Instagram every day. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can take those 15 minutes scrolling and making yourself sad looking at the state of the world and learn a new language instead. Mm-hmm. And there's 14 different ones you can choose from. We we both chose Spanish, but you can do French, Italian, German. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel because in addition to the lessons, you can, you, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes if you want. So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. That's that's half, half. Uh, so just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code GLASSES. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, promo code GLASSES. Babbel, language for life. Glasses. Glasses. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! This week, we're talking about our reading habits, the good book habits we try to cultivate, the bad book habits we're trying to quit. What do our daily reading habits look like and how do we make them better? So first off, what is the point of figuring out your reading habits? What it is, is is to make you happy with your reading life. It's not necessarily to read more for the sake of reading more or being more organized or anything like that. It's so you get more out of your reading and make sure that you're enjoying yourself. Uh, Sapria, what are your daily reading habits? Do you have a set routine? You know, I was thinking about this morning, um, you and I are both fans of uh, Gretchen Rubin, um, Mm -hmm. uh, who does the Happy, happy, Happier podcast. And she always says this thing about um, um, that it's not about what you do every so often, it's about what you do every day. Anyway, so I think like talking about habits, that started, I started like reflecting on the things I do every day. But let's just talk about reading. I won't talk about my general habits. How often do you floss, Bri? <laughs> um, I'm doing bad at flossing right now, but I have to go to the dentist in a few weeks, so I need to get better at it. Because I always try to floss a bunch right beforehand and see if I can trick them. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, the, I flossed all year. The dentist is like, hmm. 
We can tell what's going on. Teeth here. don't lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the two things that don't lie in life. Shakira, teeth and, and teeth. teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So um, habits. I basically, this is the one thing I do every day is I read before bed. I mean, the one reading thing I do every day. I read before bed. Um, usually not very long, 15 minutes maybe. Maybe sometimes more, sometimes less. It depends on how tired I am. I do it all the time though. I even do it. I was talking to one of our friends about this, Mallory, because my friend was like, when do you read? And I was like, before bed, like right before bed. And I was like, what do you do before bed? And he's like, watch TV. And I'm like, oh, was it Evan? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was Evan. Um, uh, But I was like, I always read before bed, even when I'm the busiest, because I think it like relaxes my mind and like. I, and it makes me feel like I did something and, you know, my, my little brain likes to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to read in the morning and have this morning book going. It usually used to be nonfiction. In fact, even when we started the show, I was thinking I used to always try to start Saturday mornings by reading nonfiction. I've definitely got out of that habit. Um, but generally, here's my nighttime schedule. You ready? I'm ready. Journal. Go brush my teeth. Take sometimes off- floss. Sometimes floss. Brush my teeth, take off my makeup, put on my mini night creams. Got multiple. Um, and then I go and read, with get in bed with a book for about 15 minutes or something like that before I crash real hard. Um, yeah, that's my basic reading routine. What about you? Yeah, I got to say the pandemic really threw a monkey wrench into the gears of my reading habits. I mean, you remember before the pandemic started, I basically was just always reading mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at all times. Um, when the pandemic started, I was reading a ton. I would read like a book every day or every other day. I'd read when I get up, read at lunch, read in the afternoon, read before I go to bed. Um, and then I went through this long period where I was having a really hard time reading at all. And I would just watch CNN all day, yeah. which I think every, all of us were doing last summer. Now on your computer or on a TV? Uh, CNN? Yeah. Yeah, we have, a, we, we have the app. Uh, the app. CNN yeah. mm-hmm. app. Right. We have Apple TV. Um, and by we, I mean Jeremy. Before Jeremy and I started dating, I didn't even have a TV. Um, and then this year, because last year and last year ended, and I was like, I can't spend all my time watching CS, CNN and MSNBC. I can't do this anymore because uh, it was making my brain feel awful. Um, so I, this year, I was like, all right, I have to have, have to have to fix these reading habits, and I've been bouncing around between not reading for days on end and then I'll read like a whole book in a day. And it was really bugging me because I'm, I'm like you, I like to at least, even if you read just a little bit every day, you're like, your brain's like, oh, you did this today. That's nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll let you sleep now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so nowadays my reading habits look like, um, I don't read in the morning anymore, but I read, I try to read for a bit in the afternoon because I write until noon, lift, shower, read, and then it'll be like dinner time or whatever. And then um, sometimes after uh, after dinner, we'll like read for a little bit. Um, I'll read a few chapters of a nonfiction book before bed. I started keeping a book right next to my bed and I'll even, I try to do the same thing that you do is that even if it's just a page, I'll read a little bit of it. Um, and instead of scrolling Twitter when I am having lunch or, um, or dinner, I will read a national geographic. I'm trying to get off my phone more. Mm -hmm. Um, by just, so I just like have national geographic scattered all over the house, wherever I might be reading. Or eating. Um, and then I still listen to an audio. You open up the bread box and there's like a few men. Your, your like freezer's full, full of natural geographics. <laughs> uh, I will listen to an audiobook when I'm cleaning the house. Although that's another thing the pandemic I think has screwed up for all of us. Because we all used to drive so much more. Yeah. And I would get a lot more audiobook uh, listening to done. Now I do like one a month. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, it's just when I'm like, you know, cleaning the toilets or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I still, I track all my reading in my book buddy app. That's definitely a big part of my, my reading habits. 
But yeah, I still feel like they're in flux. I'm trying to get them more on the right track. Um, so speaking of, do you, is there anything you want to add to your routine or get better at? I mean, yeah, I, I loved when I did morning reading every day, um, especially if it was like poetry or something. I just read like one like bit of poetry um, or something like encouraging. I found Johnny Sun's book was really good for this because it was little mm. short chapters. I could keep it on my phone so I didn't have to have like I had the physical book and then I let someone borrow it and they never gave it back to me. So then I just had to buy it on my I get an ebook version. <laughs> um, but it was a really nice way to start my day. But now I'm usually uh, or checking emails over over uh, breakfast, or I'm at the park, which is very nice. I eat breakfast at the park a lot, but I'm still checking emails or doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to to carve out that morning time again. If even even if it was just like it's finding the right book though. Yeah. It's the right book because it has mm-hmm. to be like one minute chapters, encouraging yes. small little thoughtful chapters, uh, or like a poem. Because your brain's still waking up. If you're like, all right, let's read about quantum phys- physics in like 50 no. page long Mm-mm. chapters, your brain's like, nope, no. Twitter, please. It needs to have like pictures, it needs to have like something <laughs> yes. like to make my, like, and it can't get in the way of my day because so much of my day is taking up, taken up with narrative storytelling, which mm-hmm. is so weird. So I need, almost need like a nonfiction, like something that doesn't have to do, I can't keep up with the story that early in the morning. At the yeah. end of the day, like I can throw a new story in and it's fine. But that early in the day, I'm still processing what I need to like go through that day. Yeah. Um, what about you? Do you have um, a routine you would like to get better at? Something you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, it feels really weird to say as the host of a book show, mm-hmm. um, but I really want to read more. <laughs> uh, I mean, pre-pandemic, I would read like 200 books a year. I would read all the time. And I feel like I've been really struggling to find my footing with reading in the past year. Um, you know, so much of, so many of us are adapting to like new, just new lives, new lifestyles, new routines. And I want to get better about making sure that there's a one to three hour chunk of time every day where I'm reading. Wow. That's a Um, lot of time. I mean, I used to read maybe four to six hours a day. Wow. And now I want to at least get, I I know, I know I'm the kind of person that sets those goals, but, and I just won't, I I always set really, really lofty goals for myself and then don't get there. So I'm trying to scale back a little bit. One to three hours would be great. Um, Cause I, you know, I've been playing a lot of more video games than I normally do on, um, and talking to my friends on discord because you know, we just don't have as many social things as we used to. Watching a lot more TV. Mm-hmm. We were, we were just talking about We that. were just talking about it. Um, and I think it's because I, I thought about it a lot. I think it's because I'm craving communal experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, even though we have the reading glasses slack, which is amazing, um, there's something about like, I've been watching Ted Lasso and it's cool to like go on Twitter and like see people talking about the new Ted Lasso thing. And like, I'm really craving that. Um, but at the same time, I miss reading like an absolute fuckload. I miss not because I miss having a book number to look at the end of the year. Uh, like, oh, look at all, I read all these books, but I miss that feeling of being in a really good book. Like nothing that we need to come up with a word for that feeling. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. like specific where you are thinking about the book all the time. Uh-huh. You really want to get back to it. There, there's definitely some like German word or there something that means be. that. It means like book comfort love. Yeah. Brain <laughs> brain in book. Because um, it's good for my brain. And I just fucking love it. So I'm experimenting with finding and making sure that I have a set time in the afternoon to sit down and read. Throw my phone into the trash can for three hours or something. Just like be be away from everything and be in a book. Um, have you ever used one of those phone lock boxes? I have uh, Jeremy, Jeremy actually uses one. It's called like self-control or something, but mm-hmm. it freaks me out too much because I'm like, oh my God, what if something happens and I need to access my, like th- th- not being in control freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. Do you use them? I haven't used the lockbox, but my writing partner on the projects I'm working on right now, he does, which is weird because that means I'll text him and I won't hear back for like two hours sometimes, which is 
you know, random for people, especially like you answer texts within like a minute. I am attached to my it phone. It is at like, all times. it's like uh, if I send you a text, it goes straight to your brain. <laughs> yes. Like, actually, if you didn't answer a text, I'd be like, call the police. Mallory said. <laughs> like, because I won't answer a text for like days. And then I'll be like, oh, right, a text. Well, I, to be fair, I will say there's three, there's like three or four people that I will uh, always answer texts from. You, it's like you, my best friend, Jeremy, and any like anybody else. I'm like, because you might be like, oh, reading glasses is on, is on fire. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sean got eaten by an alligator. Like we do something. Crocodile. Yeah. We're in America now. <laughs> oh God. Sean, which is more likely you'll get eaten by a crocodile or an alligator? Well, I mean, it does definitely depend on which country I'm in. Yeah. Okay. No but which one do you think is more dangerous? Oh, crocodiles oh, for sure. Water okay. crocodiles. Alligators salt are water crocodiles? Yeah. yeah fresh water and salt water. Mm. Come on, just want some uh, crocodile. Oh, uh, my, uh, my, I love Steve Irwin. Um, but yeah, it's too, it makes me, it freaks me out too much to not have control of it. That's why I, I'd actually rather leave my phone in another room than not be able to access it. Uh-huh. Like, um, like via an app. I don't know why. There's something about that that freaks me out. Sure. Um, so bad habits. Bria, is, is there anything in your reading routine you want to, you wish wasn't in there? You would wish you could get rid of? I, I mean, I still wish I could dump more books. And I know it's something we encourage a lot on the show. Um, you can never I, dump enough. I, you can never dump enough. I wish I hoarded less books because there's a lot I can't tend to keep around. But then I'm like, ooh, should I read that? Uh, I want to read it. But then I just want, I know I'm just going to read that shit on my e-reader because it's right next to my bed and it's more convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a bit of a confession, but as a book podcast host, <laughs> um, I won't read books that I feel like people maybe won't relate to on the show. Like if I'm like reading like the fifth in a series of comics, it's like, or like, you know, like I I feel like people, it's hard for me to talk about on the show and be like, okay, if you go back and read the first four, whatever, like it's a little bit complicated. Um, So sometimes I'll avoid that and go for a book that I'm like, the people on the show are going to want to know about this one, Yeah, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. and I, and I hate that I have that as like a thought process. I wish I just read what brought me joy this is a problem specific to like you, me, and like four other people. So yes. I don't, I can't really <laughs> complain about it. Um, um, it is a very specific book person. Yeah, hashtag problem. reading re, uh, book host problems. Book host um, problems for sure. Uh, not not actually a big problem. But no, I wish I would just dump books more than I'm like ah. I just I will I'll power through, especially if I'm like, well, I'm like halfway through just to like see what happens. Mm-hmm. But th- the truth is, I should just go read a review on Amazon and, or Book Goodreads or whatever and be like, I'm done. Done. Yeah. What about you? Kind of the same thing. It's, it's funny. I actually saw there was a big discussion about this in the Slack channel recently. This thing keeps happening where I'll start a book. And while it's not bad enough to dump, it's not like not quite mm. compelling enough to hook me into it. So I end up leaving it on the coffee table. And it's just like, and then all of a sudden it's par- a part of the scenery. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it actually become like the coffee table is just made of those kind of books now. Yeah. Like, it's oh, just yeah. Like- <laughs> we might not actually have a coffee table. It might just be a giant stack of those kinds of books. And what I really need to do is if I start a book and I don't feel compelled to pick it up within a day or two, I need to just put it back. Yeah. Because yeah. then my reading totally languishes. That happened for a week where I was in the middle of this really like a honker of a book. And I was like halfway through it. And I'd already read 400 pages and it was kind of interesting, but just not enough to make, not more interesting than what we do in the shadows. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so I just like left it and I was not, yeah. not reading as much as I wanted to. It's just not worth p- pushing myself through it. And I have to, I always want to re- need to remember that I can just start it again. I can just put it back on the shelf, especially, yeah. or even if I got it through Libby, I can just get it again. 
Like, yeah. there's so many of us that feel like if you put a book down, like then it winks out of existence. Like mm-hmm, you'll never mm-hmm. be, you'll never get another chance, but you can. And I think learning how to dump a book is the most important habit both of us have learned from doing this show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, th- I think if I got a little bit even more stringent about it, like I'm pretty good at dumping books, but it's these, we need, there's another word we need to come up with, with like a book that's just like, it's just not quite, the, it's like a lukewarm book, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, a German word would be like Luke. Luke Warman, Gorgon got, uh, that's like, well, that was like a Ikea, like, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, I think, I mean, it's interesting because I, we had on our um, reading glasses challenge of 20 something, of uh, 2020 or something, that to, to, to dump a book. Yes. And I actually think it was really helpful because it was like instructional almost. Yes. Um, I have trouble creating new habits and stuff. I, I like creating new habits, but I definitely need like a time to do it. So yes. like the beginning of the year is actually really great for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, new habit time. But it's cool to like <laughs> new me to think about it now and like assess. Yes. You know? Oh, for sure. It's funny. Someone wrote into the show and said that they felt intimidated because it seems like you and I only read books we like, but that's not, we don't t- talk about all the books that we dump. Yeah. I sometimes just mean I'll be like, y'all, I've read like three books I've dumped in the, I try to like bring it up because I want y'all to know that. There are books that I have not finished. Oh, absolutely. There's a yeah. ton of books that I started Even this books year. we start talking about on the show, and then I'm like, that book was not good. I did not finish it. Yeah. Although we, the, I think we've only ever pulled one of us talking about a book one time. That's true. We did. We did a, no one will ever know. No one will ever know what that book is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was one of my books. Um, what? Sean will know. I think I know. Whoa! Sean knows. Sean, Sean keeps a, a, a list of all my sins. Um. But yeah, so I, do, I I guess I just want our listeners to know, like we, even though we are the hosts of a book podcast, we are working on our reading habits and everything, everything's always in flux. Mm-hmm. You know, life changes, your reading, your reading life definitely changes with things, uh, the pandemic with, if you're having kids, get a dog, get sick, something happened, like you move, whatever. So many things change and it's, it's okay to constantly reassess and change your reading life to fit what's going on in your life. Yeah. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Ann Bogle, creator of My Reading Life and host of What Should I Read Next, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. Soylent, the original food tech company, makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Bria, I am obsessed with Soylent. I think I might be Soylent <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Mally Rock walked in and... She was literally just like one of the milkshake things from Soylent. <laughs> With a pair of glasses on. <laughs> now, like, I'm, I'm joking. You should not replace all of your meals with Soylent. But if you are like me and are a, a chronic meal skipper, mm. it is so much better to get Soylent. They have a bunch of different products. My favorite one is the Complete Meal, which is it's a convenient, totally ready-to-drink shake. They have a powder format, but if you get the shake... You don't have to do anything. You just open up the fridge and your meal is there. It's 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, 400 calories of slow-burning carbs. It's fantastic. It's so much like my life has truly improved ever since I stopped skipping breakfast and having a Soylent complete meal instead. My brain's like, oh, thank you so much for this this energy and these nutrients that I desperately needed. Yeah, I was like this morning, I, I had to get up early, take the car into the shop, and I was like, ooh, I don't have time to eat, and I grabbed one of the little squares. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes into, there's shakes, and there's these little squares, and the squares, squares are, are great. great. And they're only um, 100 calories, but they give you a ton of energy, mm-hmm. and they they keep you going to take the car into the shop, just like you need to do <laughs> on a Saturday morning. I like the peanut, <laughs> the peanut butter chocolate ones of that. Yeah, my I like favorite. Those. They're really um, good. Yeah, it's it gets rid of all the things I don't like. There's no cooking. There's no cleanup. You just... 
open it up and you're there. It's, mm-hmm. and there's, what's cool, I get the vanilla ones because they're my favorite, but there's a ton of different flavors. There's chai, there's chocolate, there's banana, strawberry, mint, unflavored. If you don't want flavor, maybe you, maybe you're blending. If you're boring. If you're, <laughs> or you're blending it into something else. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many flavors that you're definitely going to find one that you like. It's absolutely fantastic. So, and if you want to try it, all you got to do is go to Soylent.com slash glasses. You use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. So that's Soylent.com slash glasses. You know the code. It's always glasses. to Get 20% off your first order. It is fantastic. Glasses. Glasses. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. So here we are with book enthusiast and author of My Reading Life and past guest of the show, Ann Bogle. Ann, thank you so much for coming back on. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me to talk about my favorite things. Yeah, well, speaking of our favorite things, I have to know, what are you reading? Oh, gosh. Okay, I... I finally hit the pandemic wall, Mallory. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, the fatigue is setting in. I don't know. I don't even care. Like I'm just going to go to bed without a book. So I knew I needed to do something a little different, right? Um, I just finished November Road by Lou Burney. This isn't so off the beaten path of what I would usually read. It's a historical crime novel, but it was still different for me. Really dark tone. I mean, this was terrible people doing terrible things. And I- So perfect before before, before bed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually have nightmares. I don't think. Let's see. I did have some bad <laughs> dreams over the weekend. Is that related? I hadn't thought about that. Um, but just I, yeah, I, I am just like a sweet, innocent soul who like always- holds out hope to an unreasonable degree that people are going to do the right thing. And just reading about these mobsters, just like offing each other. <laughs> like it was like, it was just grabbing a snack. Um, it was, it was the break my reading life needed. You know, sometimes you need to shake it up. Um, well, uh, it was shaking it up for me. <laughs> well, speaking of reading lives, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your new book journal, my reading life? Yes. Uh, I'm, I feel like I've been working on this for a million years. And I'm so excited that people are going to get to start using it like now. Um, it, it's a book journal for book lovers. And I've been like beating the drum for years that if you want to find joy and satisfaction in your reading life, you have to write down what you read because that's the way to find out what you actually like and what you actually don't. Like it really helps you see and understand yourself in a new way. So this journal has places to log in detail, 100 books, but also places to track your to be read list. And there's lots of book lists. There's some book features. There's little things like book discussions that work for 
any book club conversation, you know, things like that. And I just really hope that this will be um, a resource that a lot of people already know they're looking for, but I hope it has a lot of features that you don't know you're looking for, but you will really benefit from. Um, And I like to think it's thoughtfully designed in a way that will really help you think about your books a little differently. We're not turning into homework or anything, but just to think about it in a slightly <laughs> different way. Like um, like the way we do star ratings in the book. They're not star ratings. They're diamonds and it's three-tiered um, so that you can think about the difference between your taste and maybe the skill of the author because those are different things. And we ask you to jot notes about like, where'd you hear about this book from and who might you recommend it to? So you can start thinking about why did I enjoy this book and why might someone else feel, feel the same or differently? It's, it's fun. And I'm excited to get it out there. I will say when I got it in the mail, I gasped because it's so gorgeous and it's oh, so, so, so well-designed. I am very obsessed with your rating system. I think it's going to be really, really helpful for readers to sort of separate if this book is good or if I like it, which are, like you said, two totally different things. Um, so how do you hope my reading life will improve readers' bookish habits? Oh, well, I feel like we are a ways into a pandemic and I want to be really careful of the way we talk about this because most of all, I want it to be fun for you. I don't want the books you're reading or not reading to be a source of stress. I want it to be something that just puts a big smile on your face every time you think about what you want to read next and not something that makes you feel stressed or overwhelmed or less than that's not what it's for. But it's it's a small compact journal that can go in your book bag or your purse. You could keep it in your glove compartment or by your bedside table, which is where I tend to keep mine unless I'm going to the bookstore. Um, I want it to be something that reminds you to read, inspires you to read, um, and helps you track your own personal journey as well. Like, what are you reading? What is it meaning to you? How are you thinking about it? How, how is it changing your life and your conversations? So, you know, just, just tiny things like yeah. change your whole life. <laughs> Well, so we were just a little while ago talking about the pandemic and how it has completely changed so many of our habits. And I know that uh, it's obviously cultivating bookish habits is something that's important to you. What habits do you try to cultivate every day or at least regularly? I mean, my biggest one has remained unchanged for years, and that is reading before bed. I mean, I read before bed every night, even when... um, I mean, I usually go to bed at 10 and we stayed out outdoors, socially distanced campfire with friends until midnight, which is super late for me these days. But I had to read like two paragraphs and my body knew like, this is the time, this is the time of day, (laughs) this is what we do before we go to sleep. Um, So that's a longstanding one Uh, that helps me shut down my brain and focus on fictional characters problems, which are much easier to go to sleep to um, (laughs) than like reviewing your own. But something I've just started recently is, I mean, I have friends who've done this for years and I I just haven't been one of them for the past 10 years, but I've started reading nonfiction in the morning. And the reason is I have all these books I want to read, but I never want to read them at bedtime. So I had to find another time and they're not plot driven. Um, You know, you're not going to, you're not desperate to find out what's going to happen next where you want to turn one more page. So um, I'm the only person awake between, um, well, I'm the only person awake and in the house between about 5.15 and 5.45. So I spend because I go to the gym at six and nobody else is up. But I spend those 20 minutes with my coffee, you know, kind of reviewing my day, basically reading my book at the kitchen counter while I piddle around and gather my things. And it has been such a delight. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's great. I mean, once you actually get yourself out of bed, it's fantastic. (laughs) That part's hard. Yes, it truly is. Um, So any, on the flip side of things, are there any 
um, book habits that you want to change or fix. I know that this, that my reading life is definitely going to be helping readers maybe adjust some things that they want to fix in their reading life. Is there anything that you're focusing on right now? Yes. Okay. Do you remember that moment in time speaking, you know, as a fellow podcaster, when you weren't sure how much to reference the pandemic because you weren't sure if it would be evergreen and you didn't know if you wanted to to, to capture that or not, or if we were just all going to move on, it would be this. Bl- well, I feel like we're well past that. We yes. can talk about the pandemic. Um, yeah, that that magical period of time when we're like, oh, we're all be home for two weeks, and it's going to be fine. We have this audio from April 2020 that says, maybe I'll see you next month for that big event with tens of thousands of people. No, that mm-hmm. we all know how that went down. Now, um, bless our hearts. Um, but uh, the pandemic changed my reading life for sure. But I didn't. I don't feel like I really hit the pandemic wall until you know, right about now, very recently, where I'm looking at all these amazing books I have in my house, ready for me to read them. um, And just nothing looks good. Um, So my habit is wandering around going, don't want to read that. Don't want to read that. (laughs) But what, what I'm reminding myself uh, uh, cause what I tend to do when this happens is I'll get a big stack of books and I'll read like five pages of each and be like, no, this is not what I'm in the mood for. Um, and what I decided to do instead goes back to November road. Like when I, when I start to feel that way, when nothing looks good, it means it's time to change it up. So recently I read a crime novel that was a little darker than I usually gravitate towards. And when my sixth grader said, mom, I just finished this book and it's amazing. Would you read it? I said, yes. Instead of, well, maybe one day I was just like, give it to me, give it, hand it over. Um, <laughs> just trying to change things up because I find when I'm feeling like I'm in a funk, um, that's a good signal that maybe, maybe I need a different kind of, I want to say input, like I'm a machine. Um, <laughs> it's time to try something new. And well, so I'm our book machine, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be like the, the methodical devouring with pleasure one and not the one who's like, I feel nothing emotional, just like it's just going in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I never want to be that. Cause like you, would, I never want to lose the, the, joy of a good story or, you know, it, even like the nonfiction I'm reading in the morning, like I'm reading it because I like to, and when I'm not liking to, like, that means it's time to do something different and it's fun to do something different. I just have to remind myself, just, just try, try something completely off, off the wall for you. It, there's, there's no way to go, but up. Oh, that's a great way to, to fix some bad book habits. And speaking of tips as a writer, book podcast host, the creator of this incredible new journal, what reading tip do you find yourself recommending most often? I'm sure that there are about a zillion people in your life that are asking you, how do you read so much? How do I read more? What do you find yourself telling people over and over? Oh, I'm going to sneak into. So over the long term, it's definitely you do not have to finish every book you start. Like you really and truly, you do not have to finish every book you start. And Mallory, like by nature, are you inclined to do this or not? Oh, we are big book dumpers here on Reading Glasses. Book dumpers. It helps because then I, we find so many people get bogged down in a book they don't like that they end up just stop reading. Well, I know that that's something that you definitely advocate for now, but I wasn't sure if that was like something in your nature you had to overcome. Oh, or if you've been I, doing absolutely this it was. It was a, because so many of us, especially with required reading for schools, mm-hmm. the way that we're, uh, we're brought up in America, you have to start the, or you have to finish the things you start. So it's very hard to unlearn that, you know, not clearing your plate, not finishing that book. Right. And I believe it's important to be conscientious. Like all the research shows your life is better if you are conscientious. 
and your partner is conscious. Like this is a good thing, but you can be a very responsible adult and not finish books you start. Um, here's here's a metaphor that works for people sometimes because what I hear a lot from my my audience of listeners on what should I read next, who bless them are such kind souls. They say, well, the author put in so much time to write that book. The least I can do for them is finish it. But that's like five hours of your life minimum. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like that's a really, that's very kind of you. I applaud your instincts. But if a stranger said, I need a ride to Chicago, like I live in Louisville, Chicago's five hours. (laughs) I need a ride to Chicago. Would you be like, sure, got nothing, you know, why not get in the car? Let's go. I mean, a Ignore the stranger danger of that, <laughs> but like that is a lot of your life and you got to be smart in how you want to spend it. And I don't mind at all to read a book that I don't like. Like if I get to the end and I hate it, I'm okay with that. Um, but if I get to the end and I think I want my five hours back, I have made a mistake and I want to choose better. So that's what I would say overall. That's that's the most frequent thing I say. But the past year, I think it's been um, – it's okay to like what you like. It really is. You don't have to be apologetic about it. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to make excuses. It's okay to like what you like. Amen to that. Well, speaking of, so you've been on the show before, but we wanted to check in uh, to see what your reader wheelhouse is. What are the, any subjects or tropes or something in a book that will always get you to pick it up and be interested in it? Ooh, okay. So my favorite genre is something I made up. I call it compulsively, I can't say words, compulsively readable literary fiction. And that is, I want beautifully crafted, not show-offy, but really well-written prose um, that you would find in a literary novel, but with an actual plot where things happen and not just the people's (laughs) heads. So um, I would think of something like uh, Rules of Civility by Amor Tolls, or this year I read Landslide by Susan Conley, or, oh, I love Tiari Jones. I think Silver Sparrow is my favorite. You know, they are gorgeously written books and like, you want to find out what's happening next. So that's my favorite. Um, and I'm trying to think of all those books hints at this. Not rules of civility, not so much. But like, I love a messy family story. Like, I want to see people dealing with junk with people <laughs> that they are, they feel like they're obligated to love because they are related. Oh, <laughs> so good. So fun. Uh, not for the characters, but to read about for sure. No, no, no. I, I definitely want to read about other people's horrible family problems. <laughs> uh, well, so Anne, before we go, what is the best place to get my reading life? Is it... Um, local bookstore, bookshop, where do you get it? You can buy it wherever new books are sold. So whatever floats your boat, if they sell new books, they will have it for you. And also, um, this has been a terrible time for local business um, going into another pandemic winter and your favorite local independent bookstore would certainly love your business. I'm putting a tiny signature, um, not not a big splashy one in your book journal. I'm not going to take up like your book log page one or anything, but I'm signing all copies that come out of my local independent bookstore. That's Carmichael's Bookstore in Louisville, Kentucky. But I know that many indies are would, would love to see you uh, this season and all year long. We absolutely agree with that. And we'll put a link to uh, the special uh, signed pre-order link in the uh, in our show notes. And thank you so much for joining us. Now let's answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. In this week's case, 
many listeners on the Slack, on Twitter, and in our email inbox. We have got a ton of folks writing in to ask about a huge problem that the book world is about to have. And we actually had it last year, too. It is a print book shortage. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it is. Yes, folks, it is real. It's really real. And it's about to be a massive pain in the ass for a lot of readers, authors, publishers, and bookstores. Yeah. So due to a lot of problems related to the pandemic, such as paper and glue shortages and issues with transportation and shipping, this holiday season, there are going to be shortages of books. It's going to be tough for bookstores to get books. Now, there will be books. It's not yes. like, it's not like books. We're not, it's not a Fahrenheit, you know, like, <laughs> what, what number is it? Fahrenheit 451. 451 situation. We're yeah. not, we're not going to be out of books, but there will be, especially the popular books, I don't know. You got to be careful. You got to see their, their name may not be the, all the books you want to buy. Well, and I will say I, I will not name names, but I was talking to a bookseller recently and they were like, we've noticed that publishers are prioritizing certain books ah. that will get more printing. Um, it happened last holiday season as well. Uh, a lot of authors suffered low sales because readers couldn't get their books. Um, it's, the pandemic has been really tough on authors and bookstores, and this is just another huge blow. So basically... Yeah, I mean, I know an author who her book uh, came out last year and because and had a had, had a lot of orders, but because of um, uh, or had a lot of orders after it came out and half and um, uh, they couldn't fulfill them for a really long time because there was just orders of her of her book weren't coming in. Um, it's really scary. Um, am I terrified that girly drinks is going to be affected by this? You better fucking believe it. Uh, if you're interested in the print book, please pre-order it. Um, I actually had to finish a bunch of things on the book extra early so my publisher could put their order in for it uh, ahead of schedule because of this. Um, I, as a reader, also went and pre-ordered a few books that are coming out in the fall and winter that I kept forgetting to. Um, I actually also grabbed a couple extra books that I, I know I'm going to want to give as gifts for Christmas. Um, so, Bria, what do, what do people do about this? Well, we have some suggestions. Of course, I'm going to suggest... You e read. Yes, this is the this is the e readers will definitely be inheriting the earth. Here. Yeah, <laughs> e read or audiobooks. You know, there's there you can still support an author and you can still pre order their book both um, as an e reader and as an audiobook uh, reader. To you can pre order them. You know, and that will still be a way to support these authors. You'll still be able to get these books um, even if you're e reading from the library or something like that. The the reader does not rely on. Paper or glue. <laughs> the e-reader is an independent entity, free of the constraints <laughs> of print materials. <laughs> and until we start having a run on words, we're going to be okay. Um, uh, have e-ink. E-ink. E which, I mean, maybe e-readers could have a, there could be a run on e-readers. We but should do an episode about the materials that are. Yeah, used. we should, because they're because the, nothing is nothing is free uh, on, on nature or the environment. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, but what what are other things people can do, Mallory? Uh, pre-order books. Order the books that you want to give as, uh, as, as gifts now. Um, There's a book coming out later this year you want uh, to pre-order. Do it now. Basically, we, 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 are you know blue in the face from talking about pre-ordering on this show but really what it does besides like showing the publisher that you want to support that this this author and this book has a lot of support is it lets the publisher plan mm -hmm. how, like that's what what happened with lady from the black lagoon is we went into a second printing before the book even came out because my publisher was able to be like all right well there's this many pre-orders uh -huh. we should plan for this so they're never we never had a problem with the, the paperback or anything um and your bookstores are going to be hard pressed this holiday season um so the sooner you can get your orders in the better the stores can plan too so basically yeah. everybody 
gets to plan and sort of adjust their expectations. So if like a book doesn't have a ton of pre-orders, and this actually happened to another author I know, uh, but gets an the book doesn't have a, have a ton of pre-orders, but gets a lot of orders afterwards. It's going to be harder for that book this holiday season to fulfill those because you know if it happens in November or December, they're going to have a really hard time in, in getting those orders in. I know um, a lot of books used to get printed in China, and now a lot of publishers are switching to Italy. I know Ger- or, or uh, Europe because I know Girly Drinks. Uh, I just actually got the final cop- final versions of Girly Drinks yesterday, and they got printed Ooh. in Italy. Wow. Very fancy. Italian. Italian, Italian girly drinks. Oh, it's all. It's a Negroni. A Negroni. Ah, oh, God, I can't think of a drink. Okay. God. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's going <laughs> to, it's just going to be tough. And we had a ton of people who wrote, wrote in or like, and basically were like, is this real? Is this really happening? What can we do about it? That's what you can do about it. If um, pre-order, um, ask your library to get it now. Um, so your library can plan. Um and it's it's tough, but it's just this is the pandemic world. I mean, it, it's been happening for a while. There was a glue glue and paper shortage last year. They were having a hard time shipping. Um, this is like basically every on every step of the supply chain. Yeah, with, with, with every books. with everything. Yeah, with anything you try to order. Try to order a couch right now. It is. Oh yeah, Bria's had a couch side. I, I, I had there was a couch shortage. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but and also I think the other thing is to be patient. You know, to be yeah. patient and understand these things are happening and it's happening to you but it's happening to everyone so you can't get that book you want try to be patient try to try to have like some um uh try to find some patience for these situations because it's not the um the bookseller's fault it's not the author's fault no it really isn't i know there's another um actually i think it's my friend chuck wendig um one of his books got bumped his release date got bumped by a few weeks because of this because Mm. they were having a hard time getting the print books in and they weren't able to get them in for another three weeks so they had to i think it's his middle grade book that's coming out um it's just it's tough and authors are all we're all doing our best to adapt in this world of the pandemic and this is just another thing so if you there's an author that you are really excited about want to support pre pre and you want the print book pre-order that book yeah yeah uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, totes, mugs, coasters, pillows. I mean, you can be cool, uh, Instagram friendly like Bria and get a library user pillow. Um, there's, there's all kinds of cool stuff you can get from us in our our, our new store. It's a collab- collaboration with our friends at Void March. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. I mean... I wear my reading glasses shirt all the time. And mm-hmm. I sometimes I get embarrassed because I hope someone's not like, ooh, what podcast is that? And I don't want to be like, <laughs> it's actually mine. Uh, but the shirt's really cool. It's the one that says libraries are fucking awesome. Uh, so if you like the show and you want to do something for us for free that will support us, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. Those advertisers that we were talking about earlier in the show, they look at that stuff and they're like, wow, people like these people. We should advertise our things. Us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading g podcast on Instagram at reading glasses podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.